Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. I'm in business in Africa, and I have a point of view, an outlook and a position on business in my continent. This is my African perspective on Africa Business Radio towards a profitable Africa. Africa Business Radio, your one-stop resource platform for all things business news, economy, leadership, productivity, investment, and more. ABR, towards a profitable Africa. Success lies in nurturing today's talent and shaping the future together. Tune into HR Wide every Tuesday on www.africabusinessradio.com at 10 a.m. Central African time for your weekly dose of HR insights, innovation, and debate. Africa Business Radio towards a profitable Africa. Tuesday, it's 10 a.m., and that can mean only one thing, HR Wired. This is Gavin Smith, your host for the next 90 minutes, where we're going to focus on HR issues in South Africa, Africa, and globally. Today, we've got a great number of features for you. We've got uh, our normal HR updates, where we've got news, views, and opinion from the world of HR as it happened this week. Our second feature is going to be on productivity and profitability. Um, where we will be talking to Honor Rue, Honor Marais, apologies, the CEO of Innovative Solutions Group. Uh, the, the, the topic under discussion is, are employees still seen as 
production lines machines. You know, historically we've could always measure productivity by units produced, bricks laid, customers served, etc., etc. But in today's knowledge-based economy, where there's greater reliance and emphasis put on intellectual capabilities rather than physical outputs, it, it has become somewhat more difficult to to, to measure. Uh, productivity. So hopefully Arno can steer us in the right direction there. Our, our, our third feature is going to be our HR chat. We're going to be chatting to uh, CEO Farad Bayat from Ferozian. And we're going to be chatting about racism in the workplace and how it, it could possibly lose you more than your job. Uh, we, we've been following the Vicky Momberg's uh, case and her sentence. And I'm, I'm sure in the coming weeks we're going to be following her appeals should there be any left and, and what we can do and how we can uh, get this right in the workplace I, I think it's 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 a thorny issue there's are far too many gray areas involved in this uh, our fourth feature today is the policy and uh, compliance section where we're going to be talking to Ivan Israelston um, South Africa has always been the hub for the HIV AIDS pandemic and Although it's under control, there is still stigma attached to it. But, that said, it is a controllable, manageable disease. And we should not discriminate against those fighting this disease. We're going to find out what the legalities are about getting hired while HIV positive. And finally, we're going to be chatting about getting hired and the millennials who are pretty much taking over the world. How are we going to attract new talent? Our outdated autocratic management systems, our um, eight to five working hours, these things don't appeal to millennials. So we need to change the way we think. And finally, I want to some good news. Our app is finally available on AfricanBusinessRadio.com. You can go to your app store and download it. You'll be able to listen online on your phone. Um, it'll be great. Uh, let us know how it goes. Drop us an email at info at africabusinessradio.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Africa Business Radio. And on Facebook, hashtag Africa Business Radio. HR Wired. Tune in to Africa Business Radio on www.africabusinessradio.com. Find us on Facebook, Africa Business Radio, and on Twitter, Africa Beast Radio, towards a profitable Africa. Business news, business resources, economic analysis. Market analysis from expert and industry leaders in African enterprise. Get more for a profitable African venture. Africa Business Radio, towards a profitable Africa. resources can no longer be regarded as a paper-pushing job. It is vital that the HR function is at the heart of your organizational structure, playing a part in all strategic, tactical, and operational decisions. It is about making employers realize that the most valuable assets in the arsenal are employees. HR is about achieving organizational goals through people and creating incentives that align employee objectives with the organization's mission statement. 
And we're back. Please remember to follow us on Twitter at Africa Biz Radio, on Facebook, Africa Business Radio, hashtag HR Wired, or drop us an email, info at africabusinessradio.com. And brand new, brand new, brand new, please download our, our app, Africa Business Radio, at, on the App Store, where you can listen directly from your mobile device. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. Right, HR updates, and we welcome Sibungile Gura. Hey, did I get it right or wrong again? No, 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 I did, I did. I, but I think I did that on purpose, didn't I? I, I don't know. I don't know. See, I just call her B because she beats me a lot, isn't it? Okay, H, HR update. What have you got for us? What have you got? What's news? Um, well, Gavin, it seems like we're going to be talking about the national minimum wage. So, <sighs> back to that. We're back um, to that. Um, sadly, or should I say fortunately, the Democratic Alliance has rejected the national, well, the blanket of the national minimum wage because they feel that it's going to lead to a lot of job losses and which will increase our unemployment rate. But now the government is continuing with this because they feel that, listen, this is going to be good. It's going to give people an opportunity to be able to earn a living and to help them feed their families. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I see everybody's point here. I, I, I see the, the, the point of the job losses. Specifically, we chatted about this last week, about the, the, the mom-and-pop stores and the, the small businesses, the, the entrepreneurs out there who are just getting by by the skin of their teeth. And hopefully, uh, a compromise can be reached, and we, we can get the, um, the, the, what do you call it, the rebates yes. for the small mom-and-pop stores who don't have to comply with the minimum wage. Mm. And uh, obviously, you know, the, um, the, 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 the workers who want to work, and it, it's not that hard work uh, for the less than minimum wage, they should have the right to be able to do that. Yeah, that's true. But looking at 20 rand per hour, which is like, what, 3,500 a month, I still feel it's, a, it's, it's not enough. It is a pittance. It is a pittance. You're quite right. Yes. And something that employers um, need to actually take notice of, there is a national, nationwide bus strike tomorrow. So your employees might get to work late. Some might not make it to work. Some might have to turn back um, because we don't know is it going to turn violent. What are the safety procedures that have been put in place for this? Because um, they're, they're not happy with what they've been paid. They're not happy with their working conditions. So they do what South Africans do best. We're taking it to the streets. Oh, fantastic. So, guys, if you've got a duvet day in the bank, <laughs> I would suggest taking that tomorrow. Yes, that's true. Um, but you, quite honestly, every day is a nightmare on the roads these days. Yeah, true. And, and I think business and, and business owners are starting to understand that time needs to be flexible. And, and hopefully, you know, I, I once again, I... I really feel for these bus drivers and I feel for them but really bringing the country to a standstill we, we understand their plight we understand that they've got grievances but guys there must be some other way to sort this out I was actually about to say that why do we feel the need to take everything to the streets can we not meet in the boardroom and try to find a solution to all these issues that we, we're dealing with because that's what we all do mining industry is not happy they strike taxis are not happy they strike your employees are not happy they strike they should be some solution that we can use rather than striking. Do you feel like maybe that they don't feel like they're taken seriously in the boardroom and the only way that they can be heard is by taking drastic measures? But the drastic measures usually lead to job cuts because for every day that you're not at work, the company's losing money. And if the company's losing money, they're going to start cutting the staff 
And people don't understand that. You know, they think if we strike, yes, we're going to hurt the employer. But at the end of the day, you're hurting yourself as well. Hmm. Yeah. Be, I absolutely agree with you there. Yeah, that's true. And something that we actually haven't considered as the South African citizens is that with Listeria, the outbreak that had everybody in a panic, how many people have actually lost their job? And I just saw today that 2,000 jobs were lost in the pork industry. And that's just the pork industry. You know, what are the casualties with this outbreak? That's that's 2,000 lost their jobs yeah. in the pork industry. Just the pork industry. Good Lord. Mm. Now, I wonder what, what the, the bleed-through is into the, the, the major processing plants, etc., etc. I understand there is a class action lawsuit yes. that, that will be uh, lodged against the, the, the manufacturers and the process plants. Mm. Uh, but I don't, I haven't heard anything about that lawsuit, that class action suit, including those people who have lost their jobs. So we, we need to figure out what kind of recourse these guys have. Is there going to be any recourse? <laughs> Probably not. Exactly, that's sad. And another thing, Gavin, that I'd like us to discuss is if somebody gives you a negative reference, do you have the power, the right to take them to court? Because there's a story during the rounds um, that um, Lamberti gave somebody a negative um, reference, and he's actually claiming that this is affecting his career. <laughs> is is it? Does he? Is it real? <laughs> okay, there's about 500 different points that we, we could address here. I, I'm, I'm not sure what the legalities are in, in, in South Africa. I know in, in various European and uh, uh, North American uh, companies, it is illegal to give a negative reference to a past employee. You have to say no comment or I don't wish to comment or something along those lines. Um, the, the, the second part of that, what happens if you have been a disruptive influence? Exactly. What happens if you are a troubled, uh, in, a troubling employee? What happens if you did set fire to the girl's bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> uh, doesn't the, the, the prospective employee yeah. have the right to know this? To know this? Yes. That's, uh, I don't know, you were injecting heroin into your eyeballs during your lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, hey? You know, it's, it's if, if, um, Big business sticks together. Maybe we can root this out and, and, and get rid of these problems right from the start. But if it is on a personal level that mm -hmm. the, the the company didn't like you, that you had a problem with the manager, that's you know, so there. Then I absolutely agree. And uh, a, a reference must absolutely be based on your performance as an employee. But based on that, that means some employers might actually not be honest about the experience they had with the employee. I mean, if you go no comment and I'm thinking of hiring this person, red flags are going to start, you know? But then what, what can you say? You, you can't lie. I mean, if, if the person is a bad employee, the person is a bad, bad employee. Well, correct, correct. Oh, no, I, I agree wholeheartedly. But uh, there's also that you get a great employee mm -hmm. who works his backside off for the company mm -hmm. and gets a better offer mm -hmm. and decides to leave and a few years down the line this comes back to bite him in the butt uh, because he left the company and they give him a bad review just out of spite. That's true. That's true. And guess what? Eskom is back in the headlines. Oh, really? No. Yeah. Is it for absolute fantastic productivity? Mm. Is it for great work performance? No, no. Is it for... Come on, tell us, tell us, tell us. So Eskom is at it again. They've suspended another senior official over Gupta-owned coal, um, coal mine contract. So what Eskom is claiming is that, listen... 
this employee is linked to the Guptas and he had a suspicious contract mm. and this is affecting them. So they were like, hey, dude, pack your stuff and get out of here. Ah, mm. yeah, and I, I was I was reading that the, the, the coal that was supplied to ESCOM was substandard to start with from the Guptas. Yeah, I think anything linked to the Guptas is substandard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, they're not paying some of the employees that work at ANN7, so yeah. There's a lot happening with the Guptas at the moment. And I saw something that they were raided again. Their compound was raided. And they're in the front page of some publication that we shall not name. So the Guptas are going to be... Yeah, you know, I, th- I think any journalist uh, could make his career by just following them around with a camera and a, a digital recorder, quite <laughs> honestly, for the next 20 or 30 years. Mm. Unbelievable. And doctors are not being paid by the Department of Health. Apparently, there's no money to pay them for overtime. So if you go to the hospital and there's no doctor helping you, don't be surprised. Just go buy a panado and go home. Yeah, because doctors don't work. Oh, right. They're working 18 to 24 to 36-hour yeah. stretches. But now there's no money to pay them. So do they stop doing that? What what, what happens? So, yeah, but, but let's unpack that. Uh, Unfortunately, the medical profession is a calling. Yes. And you immediately, upon becoming a doctor, take the Hippocratic Oath. Thou shalt do no harm. Thou shalt, you know, help out wherever you can. Thou shalt not have money to pay their rent. Yeah. You know, where does, it, where does, it, where does your Hippocratic Oath yeah. end? And, and I understand full well, uh, I understand that these guys are doing ghost lows, they're, they're going to be start taking time off. I don't blame them. But once again, they're taking it to the streets. And we're talking sick people here. People who need help. Who are going to yeah. government institutions mm. to get the government to help them who cannot afford uh, private medical care, who cannot afford uh, medical aid. These, these guys are, are desperate. It's actually quite sad. And, and as much as I... I sympathize with the doctors mm. um, I, I honestly cannot fathom what they're going through at the moment you want to help but how but the question is where has this money gone I mean every year each department gets a budget who's spending the money and not sending it to the right places I think we need to follow let's follow the trail let's take it back to where it started because if we can do that, maybe we can get a solution that helps. I think we're going to have to have a look at this more in depth yeah. next and, week. And lastly, um, people are saying that SAA needs to be forced um, to go under business rescue because that's that's another organization that really, yeah, it's becoming an ESO. Every week there's something happening at the SAA. We're getting tired of this. So they need help because mismanagement of funds is something that's very common at SAA. So, yeah. You note my silence here. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, my eyes are rolling back in my head. I'm sighing. Yeah. And and I think we, we discussed SAA last week. And, and we're going to continue discussing it. And, and we're going to continue discussing it for the foreseeable future. And essentially the only, only thing, as, as you so rightly pointed out, was reorganizing the management structure. Yes. Putting in the correct procedures, policies. And... and creating once again a world-class entity that we as South Africans can be proud of mm-hmm. as opposed to 
this floundering from crisis to crisis mm -hmm. and, and throwing good money after bad into a money pit that just seems to be getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. Can we end, um, end on a high note? Um, Transnet has agreed to give its employees a 7.1 wage increase over three years. That I think that's an achievement, and I'm actually happy about that. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Look, Transnet has, has been doing has been doing business lately. Mm. They're, they're, they're open for business again, yeah. from, what, from what I can understand. Yeah. Um, maybe we should get all the guys from Transnet to hop on the SAA planes. <laughs> yeah, no. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's about it for today. Yeah. All right, great. Thanks, B. Um, all right, we're going to go for a quick ad break. Please follow us on Twitter at Africa Biz Radio, on Facebook, Africa Business Radio, hashtag HR Wired, and drop us an email, info at africabusinessradio.com. Africa Business Radio, your one-stop resource platform for all things business news, economy, leadership, productivity, investment, and more. ABR, Towards a Profitable Africa. success lies in nurturing today's talent and shaping the future together. Tune into HR Wired every Tuesday on www.africabusinessradio.com at 10 a.m. Central African time for your weekly dose of HR insights, innovation, and debate. Africa Business Radio, towards a profitable Africa. Tune into Africa Business Radio www.africabusinessradio.com Find us on Facebook Africa Business Radio and on Twitter Africa Beast Radio Towards a Profitable Africa I'm in business in Africa I have a point of view an outlook and a position on business in my continent. This is my African perspective on Africa Business Radio towards a profitable Africa. All right, and we're back. Uh, please follow us on Africa Business Radio on Twitter at Africa Business Radio, Facebook Africa Business Radio, hashtag HR Wired, and drop us an email info at africabusinessradio.com and please don't forget to go to the app store and download the app for Africa Business Radio uh, it'll allow you to listen online uh, from any mobile device wherever you are now our next feature is productivity and profitability that's a bit of a tongue twister try and say that five times Saji <laughs> alright are employees still seen as production line machines you know historically employees uh, would judge on their, their, their productivity. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. By the amount of output they did. Coca-Cola cans, bricks, uh, people they served. Uh, but now we, we, we're based in a knowledge environment where a greater <coughs> reliance is on intellectual capabilities rather than physical inputs. And... It's very difficult to measure productivity. So it's with this in mind that we are going to be chatting to Arno Mare. He's the CEO of Innovative Solutions Group. Uh, Arno, are you there? I am. Hi. Fantastic. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Um, Thank you. I'd like to start off, first of all, a little bit about uh, ISG, uh, what you guys do, what your specialities are, and uh, then we can have a, a, a base from which to work from. Sure. Um, Innovative Solutions Group is a holding company, and we all own about 17 companies in different sectors, including staff outsourcing, auditing, BE consultation, protective wear, financial services, to name but a few. So um, we've been in business for about seven, going on eight years. Uh, we've we've done remarkably well in the in the market, and we've been lucky so far. Fantastic. So you guys are people management specialists in all spheres. Oh, definitely, yes. Fantastic. So now the, the statements. Um, people are not judged on their ability to produce items anymore. They are judged on their um, intellectual capabilities. But now how do we measure the productivity associated with that? What are the, 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 the metrics here? Well, it, uh, I think the statement is a is a is taken a bit out of context. Also, I think it depends in what industry you're measuring. If you are a Coca-Cola and you need a certain amount of cans, you're going to measure that employee on the amount of productivity it puts out. But um, yes, I think intellectual has become more important because we've gone into an era where it's it's better to work smarter than to work harder. Um, I think time has become much shorter than it was 50 years ago and and that's how it works now to measure the productivity of these employees has to be done in various systems one system we've introduced is to physically put deadlines within deadlines um instead of just looking at a whole project uh, at the end deadline we put certain deadlines within that where we measure how how our productivity has been going through the project that we're doing getting to that end point where we actually want the end result okay so sort of milestoning towards a a goal and then looking back on that historical data and then refining your processes and procedures to better be able to predict um, what can be done in what period of time? Definitely, yes. Okay, fantastic. Now, Ed, uh, companies and corporates, um, are they on board with this kind of, of thinking? Or are they still sticking to the, the, the old autocratic, you will work from 8 to 5, if I don't see you at your desk, you are not working, etc., etc.? Or is there a move towards 
uh, allowing the millennial generation, which we, we, we're going to be chatting more in depth about later, uh, to become productive, productive in their own terms? I think, uh, look, CEOs are becoming younger, directors are becoming younger, management's becoming younger. So I think there's definitely a, mo- a movement to the whole millennial side of doing things. But I think both has its place in a company. I think when an c- employee has to sit and type a letter, he has to be at his computer to do that. He can't stand at the coffee machine brainstorming about how quick he's going to type a letter. So again, you have to look at every every part of productivity in, a, in, in individually. You can't you can't take a broad comb over it. You need to manage I think it's more important to manage the person than actually managing the workforce. Because if you manage a person correctly, then the work usually comes out right. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, and we, we always uh, talk about the fact that um, South Africa has traditionally had a autocratic management style attached to our, our, our corporates and uh, mom and pop shops across the board. But I see that this is changing. And uh, the, those old, uh, the old god who uh, forced you to sit at your desk are uh, gaining a bit more knowledge about how to manage these individuals and individual personalities for that matter. No, I think technology also has a lot to do with it. It's not having to sit with the hard wire anymore to, to be able to do something. I think technology assists in, in the way that business is being managed you know, into the future. So using the systems that companies have and improving on that, using technological advances, um, new methods and styles of management, um, looking at personalities more than just uh, productivity, definitely helps us move into this new era of of doing business and managing people. And uh, from your guys' perspective, uh, would you get called in to analyze and advise on increasing productivity, say specifically in a... Uh, artistic medium, say a, a journalists like us, or a a uh, I don't know a graphic design arena. We have been asked to help with certain management systems and and managing productivity. It's not something we we do. We do assist our clients with it. Um, we try and assist with with showing the, the systems we use and the systems we've implemented and um, yes yeah, so we definitely do help our clients to, to get that better productivity our one subsidiary innovative staffing solutions which is our biggest subsidiary innovative, uh, and the spearhead of our group um, we outsource people so we need to to outsource people that are happy and uh, more pro- products are uh, productive to, to get the work done Get get the work done in a better method and a better way of running things, so that helps. Ah, oh, that's that's fantastic, and um, the uh, so you guys outsource to to various companies, and then do you um, are you responsible for the the continued maintenance of those individuals and the the their um, integration with into the company and so on and so forth. Hello. Ah, sorry about that. It seems that we've lost uh, Arnu. We're going to try and get him back. All right, the producer's just running up and down here. He's going to be uh, trying to get Arnu back. 
The key to success lies in nurturing today's talent and shaping the future together. Tune into HR Wide every Tuesday on www.africabusinessradio.com at 10 a.m. Central African time for your weekly dose of HR insights, innovation, and debate. Africa Business Radio, towards a profitable Africa. Tune in to Africa Business Radio on www.africabusinessradio.com. Find us on Facebook, Africa Business Radio, and on Twitter, Africa Biz Radio, towards a profitable Africa. The prosperity of your venture into Africa is our goal. We are committed to the success of every business in Africa. ABR, towards a profitable Africa. And we're back. We lost Anu there for a couple of seconds. Thank you, Mobile Networks. Anu, are you back online with us? Yes, I am. Just as we were speaking about those new technological advances in in the business world. (laughs) Absolutely. And then they go drop us right in it. You know how many times this happens with us? You know how wonderful technology is? Boom, and then everything fails, and ESCOM has load shedding, and uh, they turn the water off. It's brilliant, it's brilliant, it's brilliant. It helps, yeah. It does. Uh, So I think we're talking about innovative ways to to measure productivity in the the new world, in the the knowledge environment, in the computer age, in the millennial sectors. Oh, yes, definitely. Um, Like I was saying, it's it's more important to – to use these uh, systems, uh, we, what we were speaking about is our, our if we introduce new management systems, and yes, we do. Uh, we use our systems to improve for our clients, and and where we can improve, we always do. I think that's the whole point of business in today's world. It's become so fast, so competitive, and so cutthroat that if you don't improve, you'll be left behind. Absolutely, uh, the the 21st century is yeah vibrant, dynamic, and ever moving. And to, to be a successful business, you got to do exactly the same. Definitely, yes. Fantastic, uh, Arnu. That's all we've got time for today. Uh, do you have a website that uh, people can go and have a look at? We do. It's um, innovative hyphen group or yep. dash group dot co dot za. Innovative hyphen group dot co dot za. That's it. Fantastic. Arno, thank you so much for your time and thank you for your input. And hopefully we can chat to you again. Anytime. Thanks so much. Thank you. That was Arno Roo from Innovative Solutions. Sorry, guys. I've just lost my my desktop here. You know how many times this happens? Once again, technology doing exactly what they're supposed to not to do. (laughs) All right, guys. Arno Marie, all right. Okay, we're going to take a short break and try and uh, recover from our technical hitches here. Um, please follow us at Africa Business Biz Radio on Twitter, on Facebook, Africa Business Radio, hashtag HR Wired, or drop us an email at info at africabusinessradio.com. Seven continents, 195 countries, and 7 billion people, all connected by technology. DigiBuzz Africa is your link to technology news, trends, developments, and digital innovation. We expose you to game changers and disruptors, world players, and pioneers. Come together right here. We were once strangers, now neighbors. 
Once included, now included, was divided, now enlightened. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are one, a connected world. Africa Business Radio, towards a profitable Africa. My way, my way, my Unique insight into doing business in Africa, investment opportunity, industry updates, Africa Business Radio, towards a profitable Africa. Follow us on Twitter at Africa Biz Radio, on Facebook Africa Business Radio, hashtag HR Wired, or drop us an email at info at AfricaBusinessRadio.com. How is this music? How is it, Saji? What are we playing here? What, what? Uh, this is Kofi uh, Olomide. Uh, for those guys that know what, uh, uh, what they call Makosa, this is Makosa music. Mostly associated with Francophone Africa. Okay, so tell yeah. me, what, what is Makosa? Uh, Makosa is a blend of a bit of French beat, a bit very fast, and, and all of that then with some African flavor. Yeah, very. You, you, you get it from uh, from DRC, from Togo, from Mali, and a couple of other African, uh, Francophone African countries. Uh, there you go. HRY, you're not only learning about HR, you're learning about... What you called world music, world music. Last week we had we had uh, country and western. This week, well, I, I can't even wait for next week. B, okay. I, I think. I, I can wait. B, I think next week it's, it's your turn. Yes, please. And, and then 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 it, when it's my turn, you're just going to skip it, hey? Yes. Uh, thank no you. heavy metal. No. No, no, no. no. Oh, come on, man. A yeah. little bit of hard rock. No. No, no. 
All right, so we're back. And uh, our HR chat today, we're going to be chatting to uh, Farad Bayat, CEO and founder of Ferozion. And we're going to be chatting about can racism in the workplace lose you more than just your job? Uh, the topic comes up after Mickey, Vicky Momberg's Mickey, Vicky Momberg's sentence uh, and her subsequent. She, she's going to be uh, appealing this, and I, I'm sure this is going to go all the way to the High Court <coughs> and the, the Constitutional Court, and um, and rightly so. I think uh, just in order to to honestly to um, define. Uh, what can be done and what cannot be done, and remove the gray areas. This, excuse the, the the use of the phrase, it needs to be a black and white issue. We need to know what can be done and what cannot be done. And Farad, are you on the line with us? Yes, I am. Uh, good morning, Gavin, and thank you for having me on the show again. Fantastic. Lovely to have you back. Racial or ethnic discrimination in the workplace. All right. It, it's, it, it comes in all forms in in uh, from a variety of people, from a variety of sectors, from the, the, the guy who opens the gate in the morning to the CEO. Um, has it become more of a problem in 21st century South Africa, the rainbow nation? Has it become more of an issue? Uh, I tend to believe it has. Uh, and I think it's just become more in the public, public space and in, in full view of the public simply because of the increased usage of social media. Um, there's there's an old saying or relatively old that says uh, social media is making people stupider where I actually think it's just showing us how stupid in fact people actually are ah, I think uh, essentially yeah, people have never changed it's just now that everybody's got a spotlight shined on them exactly they they use their social media platforms to uh, to to voice their opinions and to get their thoughts out there which which is great it's great to have these different discussions and these debates but the biggest issue that people have is they fail to realize using a social media platform to express your thoughts on anything is the exact same as what you would do and the consequences are exactly the same as it would be in a face-to-face interaction all it is is that extension of the face-to-face interaction so these comments these opinions these thoughts that people put out there that are classified as racism, interpreted as racism, or any form of discrimination or hate speech is just out there for the whole world to see now. And I think the confusion comes into it when people say, well, this is my private platform. This is my, my personal opinion. Where is my free speech? My, uh, and w- what do you say to that? Well, the legislation in South Africa, as well as throughout the, the whole world, is actually quite clear on, on these aspects. Firstly, with, with the arguments of it being somebody's private space, private account, that is true and it's incorrect at the same time. You are the account holder. You do not own the account. Facebook owns the account. Twitter owns the account. Instagram owns the account. Right. It, it's the exact same like your driver's license or your ID document. You are in possession of it. The government owns it. Wow, okay. So yeah. The platform owns the account. You are making use of their space. You are making use of that area within their platform to house your information. Second to that, it is the account holder's responsibility to set their privacy settings to a state 
that either allows it to be in the public domain or does not allow it to be in the public domain. Um, and further to that, you know, laws are, are, are quite clear in, in various aspects. Free speech is one thing, but free speech has a, a line, it has a limit. And that limit comes into effect when you infringe on the rights of others and the dignity of others. So free, free speech does have a limitation and people don't seem to, to grasp this concept or to understand it. They just think that social media is a place where they can effectively, it's, it's like the Wild West in most people's eyes. They can just do what they want, say what they want, when they want, when it's not actually the case. Yeah, there, there's, uh, uh, the, it's, it's another planet, Facebook. Exactly. Where, exactly. Where, where the laws and rules and regulations of, of your country don't exist. But they do. And then, then moving on to that, there's the second argument I've heard uh, around the fact that what I put on is my personal opinion and it shouldn't affect my job, where I work, my standing within the company. Where uh -huh. legally and, and, and ethically do we stand on this? Well, there's, there's lots of legal precedents in actual fact around this. Seem to have lost No, it's this is a call coming in. Sorry, guys. Africa Business Radio, your one-stop resource platform for all things business news, economy, leadership, productivity, investment, and more. ABR towards a profitable Africa. Success lies in nurturing today's talent and shaping the future together. Tune into HR Wide every Tuesday on www.africabusinessradio.com at 10 a.m. Central African time for your weekly dose of HR insights, innovation, and debate. Africa Business Radio towards a profitable Africa. And we're back again. The, the little technical gremlins are running around causing chaos in the studio this morning. Farad. Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, I, I've, yes, I've, I can. I've turned my chair around. I've shake, shake, shaken my head. So hopefully the signal will be get a lot better now. We were I talking. Hope so. I, I, <laughs> on my end. We were talking about the the legal implications and the precedents set uh, with people as it concerns the company and the job that they have when they make derogatory or hate speech comments on any social media platforms. Yes. So the I've, I've done a, a lot of looking into this, and uh, I've done lots of training where we educate people on social media do's and don'ts. And this aspect is one that we tend to focus on a lot. The, the bottom line is, when you hold any account, be it a Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or multiple accounts, a lot of people will list who their employer is on their Facebook account, on their LinkedIn account. That in itself has an association. Immediately creates that association with that company, corporate's entity. Exactly. Right. So by doing so, the company is brought into the equation, and there is an impact in terms of the company's reputation, brand, image, as well as revenue. Now, when that happens, companies are forced to take a position and by taking a position, it normally results in a disciplinary hearing and or dismissal of the employee. 
and and the the the, the law stands behind the employer in in the, in these cases. One hundred percent. I was actually reading this morning of a case of roughly a year ago, where in 2015, um, a SAPS police officer posted highly racial and derogatory comments on Julius Malema's uh, Facebook page. A complaint was laid, CCMA case was was opened, the hearing was concluded, and the recommendation was for this person to be dismissed. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He then challenged it, and it went to labor court, as well as to um, the constitutional court, and he lost. So there, 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 there are cases that we can now refer back to. That's 100 percent. There's numerous cases, be it from a dismissal perspective, be it from a defamation perspective. Um, there's there's numerous case law within South Africa that will guide these things. And when it comes to the situation of Vicky Momberg, one, this is setting a huge precedence legally. Uh, and secondly, with the news of the hate crime and hate speech bill being tabled in Parliament for approval, that takes things even further, because now organizations should actually be screening the social media behavior and content of all of their employees for their own protection. For all they know, they may have a person, a receptionist, or their CEO may have posted or is posting highly derogatory hate speech or, or, or um, racist content, and it can have a massive impact on that organization. Absolutely. And now, uh, just, just to uh, take a quick step backwards uh, to the Vicky Momberg case, um, that the, the decision was handed down in the lower court. I'm, I'm not aware that her appeal has been heard yet. Uh, but it, was that precedent setting, or do we still need to go to the, the high court or the constitutional court for that? To uh, Obviously, the, the decision can be used for to be informed upon. Yes. Look, um, I'm not an attorney by any stretch of the imagination. But I am quite well versed in terms of uh, the law in criminal injuria cases and defamation and racism. But my understanding is that the, the, the judgment is, is binding up until an appeal is successful. So that, that judgment does set the legal precedence already. Okay, fantastic. And then is, is this a, a death sentence? Is uh, you getting fired for hate speech online, does this follow you for the rest of your life? Have you now got a lodestone that will prevent you from getting a job? Or what, what is the uh, – can, can you purge yourself? Can you come clean? Uh, that, that's, that's a tough one. Um, you know, there's, there's cases dating back to 2011 for people like Justine Sacco. Um, just a quick history on her. She's an American lady who came to South Africa on holiday and – as she was on the plane about to leave the U.S., she tweeted, off to Africa on holiday, hope I don't get AIDS. Oh, yes. Wait, I'm fine. 
um, she was instantly dismissed. By the time she landed in Cape Town, she, she was, was fired. She was fired. I remember the case well. She only found new employment in 2016. Sure. That's five years later. So it can have a massive impact on your on your life, on your lifestyle, on your career. Um, and I suppose it also depends on, on the employer. Uh, you know, you might, you might have some people who welcome that sort of behavior and culture and value system within the organizations, and they would welcome someone with open arms. But I would assume that most organizations would be highly against that. From my personal perspective, I would think it is very career limiting and it is career suicide and uh, it would effectively ruin the majority of your life. And with sentences like this, you would effectively have a criminal record. Absolutely, absolutely. And for gainful employment, uh, most employers will run, never mind a social media screening on the individual, they would as first port of call, run a credit and criminal check on the individual. And with this sort of sentence, criminal check, it will come up very uh, instantaneously. So the, 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 the watchword here is be careful, people. It's, it's, uh, the, the, this goes global. Whereas 20 years ago, you could have said these things and possibly gotten away with it. You're under a global microscope now. 100% correct. The bottom line is, when, especially in the age of social media, even if an incident like Vicky Momberg's happens in a face-to-face -face interaction, there is things like smartphones with phones with cameras taking video clips, uploading it to social media. So you, the, the probability of you going viral and having somebody who is in a, a town in the U.S. in, you know, the, the, the Midwest that has a hundred people finding out about this is exceptionally high. Absolutely, uh, and it and it lives in perpetuity. Exactly. Once it's there, it's it's there forever. In the age of screenshots, in the age of downloading and sharing, the content is there. Once it's put up, it's there forever. When we look at at philosophies like six degrees of separation, which states that you can be connected to any individual on the planet through six levels social media has actually brought that down if i'm not mistaken roughly a year ago twitter's estimation was that they can connect any two people on the planet through 3.2 let alone six. holy so social media has far reach regardless if the incident happens in a face-to-face -face scenario the odds of it being recorded is highly likely the odds of it being posted is highly likely the odds of any content you publish that does have that racist sexist homophobic discriminatory or hate speech connotation of it getting into the hands of your employer is highly likely especially when you consider the aspect of of uh, internal politics and organizations internal relationships there might be somebody who doesn't have a strong liking towards you who is friends with you on Facebook and they feel like they want to share that content with your manager or with with the managing director it will get out there absolutely and now w when we look at the company side of things how much control or how much input can a you, your company have into how you utilize your social media and w in in the context of um 
say your your religious views, your sexual orientation, your 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 personal beliefs, uh, if that, while not hate speech, it is your personal issues, if it conflicts with the company, does that fall into the sphere of being your own private business, or does it still uh, fall into the realm of the business and how they handle it? That sort of content, things like your your uh, sexual orientation, your political beliefs and or affiliation, religious beliefs, as well as things like a female who is pregnant, that is protected information. So effectively, the company is not allowed to know that. That is why organizations, should they implement very uh, comprehensive and detailed social media policies, and undertake a process of social media screening for candidates as well as employees, they should never do this internally. It should always be outsourced to ensure that that protected information is not seen by them. By a non-partisan third party. Exactly. So it has to be someone who's completely objective, somebody who's completely impartial, who is not going to include that Joe Soap is an ANC or a DA member or Joe Soap is an atheist or, you know, Jane Soap is pregnant and she's applied for a job. That can cause the company to land up in court as well for discrimination. You know what? The the social media landscape is a minefield. It is. It truly, truly is. My my mind is... is, I'm boggled at the moment. I've probably got about 12,000 questions, but uh, we I have run out of time. Farad, I, I could carry on for another hour with you. Thank you so much again for, for joining us, and uh, we hope to speak to you again soon. It's an absolute pleasure, and uh, thank you once again for, for having me on the show, Gavin. Great. All right, that was uh, Farad from Ferozian, uh chatting on the social media landscape. Um, quite scary stuff. Uh, as I said, I, I don't think we'd be. I don't think we figured out whether the where the black and white lines are. No, no it, it's just making things more confusing. I think at the moment it's it's looking pretty grey. It, it it's yeah. looking absolutely absolutely grey. Yeah. Right, we are going to take a short break. Please follow us on Twitter at Africa Biz Radio on Facebook Africa Business Radio mm-hmm. hashtag HR Wide or drop us an email at info at Africa Business Radio dot com. Business news, business resources, economic analysis, market analysis from expert and industry leaders in African enterprise. Get more for a profitable African venture. Africa Business Radio, towards a profitable Africa. resources can no longer be regarded as a paper-pushing job. It is vital that the HR function is at the heart of your organizational structure, playing a part in all strategic, tactical, and operational decisions. It is about making employers realize that the most valuable assets in the arsenal are employees. HR is about achieving organizational goals through people and creating incentives that align employee objectives with the organization's mission statement. Tune in to Africa Business Radio on www.africabusinessradio.com. Find us on Facebook, Africa Business Radio, and on Twitter, 
Africa Beast Radio towards a profitable Africa. And we're back from the break. Uh, I see everybody running around the studio, busy deleting their Facebook accounts and changing all their tweets and removing their Pinterest uh, updates. It's, it is amazing. Uh, the 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 minefield that is social media is scary. I'm so glad I grew up in the 80s and 90s where all the stupid things I did remained absolutely private. I think the sad thing about it is that um, all the young people that are looking for jobs right now, they don't consider how their social media pages can actually affect and influence if they get hired or not because that's another thing. Employers are checking. They're not just reading up your CV and making sure that you did graduate where you said you graduate. They're checking your social media um, platforms as well. Absolutely. And you could really push the, put the kibosh on your career. Yeah. Um, by, by by posting the wrong thing and, and just commenting. Oi, it's it is uh, unbelievable. Yeah. All right, on to the next topic. Uh, we're going to be chatting to Ivan Israelson, Label or Management Consulting, um, and we're going to be discussing AIDS and HIV, HIV and AIDS in the workplace, and. South Africa has, since the, the, the 90s, been the hub of the HIV-AIDS pandemic globally. And we have struggled and we have fought and tried to figure out how to deal with this over the years. And I think we've, we've pretty much got it right. We're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. Um, it, it is a, a, a disease that can be controlled, obviously not cured. It, it doesn't affect your productivity. But there are still people who are unfairly discriminated against, uh, specifically once they contract AIDS, uh, they, lo- they will lose their job. Um, if it's found out that they do have HIV and AIDS, they will not get hired. And we would like to find out what the legalities around this are. Ivan, are you on the line with us? I am indeed. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for joining us once again. Ivan is our resident uh, legal expert on all things HR. Um, Ivan, have you seen the landscape change uh, with regards to the HIV and AIDS pandemic in South Africa and how people view it, specifically employers? Very, very much so. There's been a very strong move in the landscape, as you put it. Um, I think it's partly because the medication that's being used to control it is more available, it's becoming more efficacious. Uh, People are starting to feel a a little bit more relaxed because they've, they've learned and been educated that you can't just catch AIDS by shaking hands with somebody or talking to them. So uh, all of these things have, have made everybody, including employers, relax a little bit more about this. And then on the other hand, of course, the very strong legal protections for people who are ill and particularly who have HIV or AIDS um, from, the, from the stick side has forced employers to be much more circumspect in dealing with staff members who have these maladies. Okay, so the... Uh, my producer's busy pointing at me. <laughs> no, I just wanted to ask, um, hi, Ivan, it's Bongi. Um, I just wanted to find out, when it comes to employees, do we disclose, do we, do we tell our employees that, listen, I've got, I've got HIV AIDS, and if we do, 
is there any protection? Because I'm thinking that if somebody discloses, well, tells the employer that they're ill, isn't the employer um, expected to protect that employee and, and protect the other employees within the organization? Is, is there a gray area there or what, what happens around there? It's not, it's not really gray. Um, I, as an employee, if I have HIV or AIDS, have the choice as to whether I want to tell the employer or not. Okay. Now, at the stage where it is not affecting my productivity, I would have no real reason to want to tell my employer, okay. and I would have absolutely no obligation to tell my employer. The stage at which I might consider telling my employer is if I am aware that it's affecting my uh, productivity. For example, um, if this illness um, affects my ability to resist germs and I get an illness due to that lack of resistance and I'm noticing that that is now uh, becoming a bit of a pattern, um, I might want to tell the employer um, of my status because the fact that I have HIV status itself protects me. Okay. The law protects me because of that. Right. So that's a judgment call on, on the side of the employee. Okay. The employer doesn't have to protect other employees from somebody who has HIV because it's not contagious. It's only in, in very extreme circumstances where there might be a, a, a danger. If, if my job is I'm a childminder and I'm in direct physical contact with children all the time and blood from a cut on my hand could enter the blood of a sore on the child's leg or something, that, that's when we're talking about needing to protect other people. But, but those kind of circumstances are very, uh, very unique. And are those circumstances defined in, in, in legal terms? Not specifically. There's no list. It's, it, the, the, the law is merely implying, can I say, not, not directly, but saying, if there is a specific reason that uh, a person's HIV would clearly and medically threaten others, then action needs to be taken. That's the principle that exists in the mind of judges. It's not specifically written anywhere, but all judges know that that's, that's the principle. So it, it's open to interpretation? I guess so. But, you know, it's also open to common sense. Oh, absolutely. Well, I think that's, that's the better word, is the, the common sense. And now, If I'm an employer and I'm not sure, I get advice. Medical legal advice. Best thing to do. Best thing to do. And uh, the, the, we we discussed very briefly the the legalities that protect people with HIV and their um, that they don't have the need to disclose. Obviously, um, do you see very much discrimination on the part of employers towards not hiring specifically HIV uh, carriers? It still happens, but as we were discussing earlier, very much less. Employers, most employers know it's a non-issue. Um, so it still happens, not because employers now are scared of contagion, 
But because they know that it can happen that somebody who has this disease could eventually become disabled, that could that is still a, a potential deterrent for some employers. It's it's a silly way to think. Yeah. But there are still some employers who think that way. And Ivan, would would you say that employers need to actually include this in their policies and procedures so that employees know where they stand in case one day they feel the need to disclose? Because I think a lot of employees yes. don't actually know about the protection that they have when they've contracted HIV AIDS. Definitely. Not only is it a practical thing, but it's a legal requirement. We have to have uh, AIDS and, and HIV policies. It's, it's not a choice. We have to have them. And can I ask how many employers at the moment, if you could just give an estimate, are employers actually doing this? Because I know from certain organizations that I've either dealt with or worked for, it's not something that you actually see in in, in their policies. You are right. It, it is the minority of employers who are actually creating written HIV AIDS policies. And then there's something that I came across um, with HIV testing. Can employers enforce the employees to take HIV tests? Because I read somewhere that um, HIV testing by or on behalf of an, of an employer may not may only take place where the labor court has declared such testing to be justified. Can has have you come across cases like that? I haven't come across cases in the local court. Um, if any have been referred to court, there will be extremely few. Um, but I'm not aware of any employer in recent years that has tried to force employees to be tested. Because most employers know that it's illegal to try it. So it might happen in the remote areas, but it I'm not aware of any such cases. Okay. And the one thing that I know with HIV AIDS is a lot of stigma attached to it, um, especially in yeah. in organizations. And I just wanted to find out, you mentioned that employers can't actually discriminate against somebody who has contracted the disease. Yeah. When you decide to be honest and upfront about it, can as a potential applicant for a particular job, is there any protection around there if you feel that, look, I've been discriminated by this employer because I chose to tell them of my status? Is there anything that they can do around there? Yes, the Employment Equity Act is the law that protects such job applicants. Mm-hmm. So if I believe I've been turned down because of my HIV status, yes. Then I can refer a dispute to the CCMA for unfair discrimination. Okay. And is, is that something that's um, known by employees out there? Because there's a lot of labor law or protection around employees that isn't freely available to the public. Where can they get such information? Uh, it's an important question that's difficult to answer. Um, basically, everybody who has this type of problem or similar problems should be reading up on the Internet. Now, the Internet is so wonderful in terms of giving us uh, information. So the information is there. Whether the person thinks of looking for it, I don't know. Many people, many people do because many people contact me when they read the articles that I've written on, on these topics. Yes. 
And so uh, the state could do more. The state could put it out there a lot more. It just doesn't. Do you think that we've become complacent uh, around the HIV and AIDS issue, that it's become normal? I think that is to some extent. If we're talking about it from the point of view of the state, the state has done a lot in in terms of pushing for cures and making laws. Um, But, you know, as usual, communication from the state is weak. It It can be improved. I don't know whether that is because of complacency or lack of resources or a mixture of both. Because mm. it, it used to be uh, front and center for many, many years. And we have seen a steady decline in the, the, the advertising and the messaging and the communication from all the entities. Yes. So maybe the, that is partly due to complacency. Right. And Perhaps then, it's just... Perhaps. And then, then one, one last question from my side. Um, should you contract HIV-AIDS while at a company, and you've been there for a number of years, does any mm. onus fall upon the company to cater specifically for you? Say you work in a hazardous environment and your immune system is not up to the job anymore. What is the ca- what, what, what happens in that case? Um, Obviously, you, you've got a compromised immune system, and you work in a. You cannot do your job. Yes, yes. Um, if I have notified the employer that I have this illness or any other illness, the employer does have an obligation to accommodate me to the extent that it is able. Okay, okay fantastic. Yeah, I think that's about it. I think so. Yeah. Thank Ivan, thank you so much. I think you've cleared up a, a whole raft of, of questions that we had. And uh, hopefully we can chat to you again soon. Great. I look forward to it. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. That was Ivan Israelstam, and we were chatting on policies and procedures around HIV and AIDS in the workplace. We're going to take a short break and do some business. Uh, please follow us at uh, Africa Biz Radio on Twitter. On Facebook, Africa Business Radio, hashtag HR Wired, and drop us an email at info at AfricaBusinessRadio.com. Business news, business resources, economic analysis, market analysis from expert and industry leaders in African enterprise. Get more for a profitable African venture. Africa Business Radio, towards a profitable Africa. The South African Institute of Professional Accountants, making meaningful contributions to the accountancy profession and your career. Hi, I'm Bonzo Matikizela, a senior lecturer in accounting at the University of Johannesburg. Joining a professional body like SIPA suggests that one is conscious about who they are, their choice of working environment, and the experiences they want to have. I encourage my students to obtain the Cyper Professional Accountant SA designation. Professional Accountant SA, the accounting designation of choice. 
resources can no longer be regarded as a paper-pushing job. It is vital that the HR function is at the heart of your organizational structure, playing a part in all strategic, tactical, and operational decisions. It is about making employers realize that the most valuable assets in the arsenal are employees. HR is about achieving organizational goals through people and creating incentives that align employee objectives with the organization's mission statement. Once again, the gremlins are giving us a hard time this morning, hey? So, uh, please follow us on Africa Biz Radio on Twitter, uh, Africa Business Radio on Facebook, hashtag HRWired, and email us at info at africabusinessradio.com. And don't post any nasty stuff on Facebook. Yes. Especially our Facebook page. Yes, please. And also remember, our app is now available on the App Store, please download it and you can listen to us on your cell phone, whether you're in a taxi, you're driving to your next appointment, you'll be able to tune into the show. That's fantastic. Even even I didn't know the app was available. Yeah, yeah, it's available. Cannot wait. It's going to mm. go straight back to the office and go download it. Please do. All right, so we're going we're gonna to have a chat, B. Yeah. The B is the uh, consummate millennial. Mm-hmm. I am, what am I? I'm Generation X probably. Isn't it Z? Yeah, I'm Generation X, and uh, we've we've got very different views when it comes to the workplace and company. uh, What's the word I'm looking for? I think right now we're worried about, it's not actually worried, we need more flexibility when it comes to working hours, because I understand how things happened 20, 30, 40 years ago, but right now I want to be able to work from anywhere. Because with technology and all these innovations, I feel I don't need to be in the office to get the job done. I I, I absolutely agree with you. Mm. Although the the 
Generation X generally thinks that's the millennials. If I can't see them, you're not working. You're hanging from the chandeliers in your pajamas, not doing your job. Exactly. So now what do you say to that? I Come on. It's, it's not true because I could be sitting in the office watching YouTube the whole day. You know, just because I'm there doesn't mean I'm being productive. And now the sad thing is that more and more of us, I say us, the millennials, are coming to the workplace. So people need to change. The traditional way of doing work no longer works. Well, essentially that... that we read that article, um, uh, a, a PwC study, yeah. um, that millennials will soon outnumber all other generations in the workplace. Exactly. Now, I'm not sure whether that's scary or fantastic. Will our productivity go up? Will our the, the speed of, of things, the, the Internet of Things take over? Will things get better, faster? Um, you know, in, in the U.S., already a quarter of the workforce is represented by millennials. Um, more than half the workforce in India, and within two years, two years, hmm. did you hear that? Which is 2020. 50% of the total global workforce will be millennials. Now, I'm not sure whether to say fantastic or we need help. I think it's fantastic. I think we will need a bit of guidance. We will need boundaries. But these guys coming into the workplace, they're going to change a lot of things for the better. These are people that work well on their own. They work well as a group. They, they're innovative. But the one issue that they have, they don't want to be tied down to a desk. Do not tell them you need to be in at 8. You will only have lunch at 1. You will be leaving at 5. Here's a time card. Here's a, they want the freedom to come and go as they please. Yeah, I think that micromanagement is a, problem. a, it's a thing of the past. Yes. Don't watch me. I'll get it done. I mean, there are organizations where when you go to the bathroom, you have to press a little buzzer so they know that you're going to... I mean, things like that are very silly and they're very outdated. We're not kids. We're adults. So let us do things the way we feel work for us. I remember many years ago being in Germany at a uh, production factory mm. and there was a two-meter uh, boundary around the machines and the machine operators had a biometric sensor that as soon as they stepped outside of the two-meter boundary, they would be clocked out. So That's, yeah. only while they were standing at their machine were they clocked in and earning money. If they went to take a bathroom break or had to take a phone call, they would be clocked out and that money would be deducted. Uh, from their salary. Now, th th that's German efficiency yeah, for you. As I was about to say, it, it, it goes against the basic rules of the workplace. I mean... That, that, yeah, that's, that sounds a bit extreme, actually, if you think about it. And the one thing is that I've seen with people in my age group is that what used to attract my brother, my parents, when they were looking for jobs, no longer appeals to us. I mean, you can give us the big fat check, but if there's no room for promotion, I'm not learning new things, I really don't want to be working for organization. And, and, and then the work lifestyle trade-off? Um, there, there must be a work-life balance yeah. offered. Obviously, we need that, yes, because they're younger. They'll be, they'll be partying more. They'll be more social. So I think that's where we need to understand that the landscape is changing, you know. And this whole thing that we'll have a meeting at 9 p.m. Everybody has to walk into the boardroom. Can we look at other options? Can we all Skype in? Can you know, there's, there's a lot of changes that we are bringing about to the workplace. And if people started embracing it, I think great things are ahead of us. I, I, I tend to agree with you. I, I think there, there is a, 
a generational clash here. Yeah. Um, we are on the, we are, I think we passed the cusp of change, quite yeah. honestly. And according to that PWC study that we, we spoke about earlier, it, it bears out exactly what you're talking about, that um, millennials are feeling constrained. Yeah. And, and they consider today's working environment you know, outdated. Um, that's uh, apparently two thirds of millennials say that the traditional hierarchies and outdated management styles actually prevented them from performing their best. That actually their, their, their productivity suffered. Yep, and productivity is key because if your employees are productive, there's more profit for organization. So what are, what are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to give them the freedom that they need so they're productive? Or are you willing to stick to your old, outdated ways? Yeah, I, I, I imagine it's time to climb out of the coal mine. And we it's not going to happen overnight. No, it doesn't. We, we need to retool. We, and I don't think that the, the millennial ideal is the perfect business thing. I think mm. it is a compromise. Yes. There are those people who cannot be left alone. There yeah. are those people. We know a particular individual yes. who would disappear for two weeks. Yeah. No names mentioned, no name mentioned. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and when you did work, you did outstanding work. But, exactly. um, and yeah, but the, the traditional notions of, of reward and remuneration basically, I work for a paycheck and that is the only thing that I want. Um, three quarters of the millennials said that they would like to, to customize their benefits, exactly. they would, would like to include training. Uh, development. They would like flexible working hours. I want to travel. Travel. Far more life perks as opposed to the mere monetary reward. How, how, uh, I don't, you know, we were brought up. You work hard, you work for money, and you keep quiet. And if you get medical aid, that's a bonus. Yes, if you get a pension, that's a bonus. If you get, whatever you get is a bonus. Mm. Uh, But it, it would seem that the millennials really have a better idea of the work-life balance going forward. True. I mean, if we look at how companies are now recruiting um, potential employees, that's changed. We're using social media. We're now asking people to send in videos rather than typing out a CV. So a lot of things are changing. Why can't we change the way we do work? Absolutely. And I think uh, the companies are now also seeing that they need to change the way they attract millennials. Yes. They, they, it is not back page of the newspaper advertising anymore. Nobody reads newspapers. Well, a lot of people have stopped reading. Yeah, printing newspapers. Yeah, you know, it, it's uh, advertising on on Facebook, on social media, on Twitter. Um, the, the 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 everything we are doing is changing, and whether it's for the the the. the Better or for the worse? Uh, I'm sure we will see. I can guarantee I know your answer. <laughs> I think for the better. I mean, people are using videos as a recruitment tool now. If, if your company looks like a company that I want to work for, I'll probably apply. Because that's the thing. It's no longer about companies getting the right applicants. It's about applicants applying at companies where they think they'll fit in. So it's, it's a two-way street now. If your company looks more appealing, more, um, how should I put it, more fashionable and more funky, more innovative, you will have a lot of people applying. If it's that boring, you have to be here, 
you have to wear tie, you have to be suited up, you are not going to get the talent that you require. Yeah, it's sort of creating an attractive employment yes. uh, proposition. Yes. And uh, another thing that, that is really exploded in the last 10 or 15 years probably not even that long is the the multiple job yes very few of us have a single job anymore we've got our fingers in more than one pie we 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 are uh, multitaskers and uh, a lot of people are doing on demand a talent Mm -hmm. where they will they will go out and they will do jobs on demand Mm -hmm. they will do uh, I think it's it's called uh, a gig economy yes. where, where you get gigs and you go out and you do it and you create yourself a name in the industry. In, in my days, we called it freelancing. Well, some companies call it moonlighting and they actually, they're not, they're not happy about that. Because I know, I know a number of companies where they go, if you work for us, you only work for us, which n- no, that's, that's not appealing anymore. Well, one salary can't give us the life that we want. Honestly speaking, a lot of people can't live on one salary alone. Well, if, if the salary is right and the company culture is great, um, then I don't see one else. I, I think the ideal would be to live and grow and work within a single environment. But uh, I see, absolutely... That's, that's where our views differ because I feel I want the freedom to be able to go dance at night, go script write in the morning go do yoga classes where I'm teaching the yoga class. I want to be able to do multiple things because you only live once. I don't have one interest and a lot of people don't have one interest. Why should you be pinned down to one job? I think I agree, actually. Ah, you. Yes, thank you. Station manager is going to come and give us his five cents here. I, I, I do think I agree because uh, things are changing. And also, we're saying that we are developing new skills for the uh, for the 21st century workplace. So the 21st century workplace also has to change uh, as we, uh, the employee and the uh, the manpower, are also trying to change our approach and how we work. And also, she was talking about uh, working remotely. I mean, she's been doing it. Uh, we've been doing it. It works. Actually, you don't have to babysit anybody. And also, in terms of the normal admin, uh, the expenses on that also for businesses will go down and of course the cost of running the business eventually goes down and you're able to maximize your profit so eventually it becomes a win-win but the point also is that every single person also has to be able to prove themselves that they can be relied upon as an employee and I, th- and I think also in terms of recruitment that's what the recruitment agencies also, also now need to start looking at um, their approach to recruiting uh, has to change right now they need to be able to recruit people that uh, um, they can do things on their own, on their own rather, and people that can rely upon to perform their task and, and be and be productive. But those are in in fact special people, though, and those are the people who eventually go into management. Not everybody. I, I disagree. Not just special people anymore. Uh, most of us are like that already. Uh, I just think the industry just, just doesn't want to change, especially the recruitment industry. Yeah. I think we need to disrupt the, the recruitment uh, uh, space, actually. Uh, they just don't want to change because we still have the same probably people of your generation. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's just the truth. Yeah, I think Soji just pulled a switchblade on me. <laughs> <laughs> but another thing, um, going on what Soji is saying, 
one thing that I've noticed when people look at CVs and they see that you've you've lost it at a company for maybe a year, maybe eighteen months, they see that as a problem. Mm-hmm. They're like, you're job hopping. This looks negative. But if they looked at the positive signs in that, I'm multi-talented. I've got a lot of skills. I could take all these skills and I could bring them into an organization that could benefit from this, you know? Would you rather have one person who can do just one thing? Or Mm. do you want somebody who, if you go, look, I need this done, they can do it. I need that done, they can do it. Mm. I need that person trained, they can do it. Mm. Rather than hiring 27 people, you could get that from four or six people. We are multi-talented. Let us flourish. That's what we're saying. I absolutely must agree with you. South Africans are multitaskers. We do it all. We will will sand it. We will paint it. We will pull out the nails. We will put it up. We will bolt it to the wall. It it, it is very different in um, the European work environment where – or the American or the Brit- whatever ca- the case may be, where you are assigned a single task and specialist. that... Specialist. <laughs> they, they, they call themselves specialist economy. Uh, uh, um, and, I mean, there's nothing really wrong about it, but in, in this day and age, I think uh, specialist economy actually would not help anybody anymore. You know what I call that? Yeah. A false economy. Hmm, false economy. Because these uh, they are a specialist economy. But they are creating work where there is none. none. They, they're getting five guys to do the job of one guy. Mm-hmm. Well, they should just get a South African. Oh, oh, yeah. You come in, you'll sort it out, yeah. and get everything done. Mm. And I just make the last point. So um, for me, I think uh, this is also one thing that personally I've done, especially with Africa Business Radio. In the first three months, you can tell whether uh, you can rely on your employee to, to work on their own independently or not. So the first three months would we, we, we and also, uh, I mean, if you, if you can use the first three months test that you can rely on an employee, you can probably just give them, you know, a probationary contract from the beginning to say um, this is it. And, of course, uh, put necessary documentation in place. And uh, if they can be relied upon to work independently after three months, I mean, let them go according to the contract. Fantastic. The three-month probationary period contract. Anyway, that is all we've got time for today. Bongi, Saji, thank you so much, guys, for chipping in in the show. I'm Gavin Smith. Uh, We will see you again same time, same place next week. And uh, please follow us on Twitter at Africa Biz Radio, Facebook, Africa Business Radio, hashtag HRWide. And please drop us an email, info at africabusinessradio.com. And don't forget to go to the App Store, download our app. Africa Business Radio, your one-stop resource platform for all things business news, economy, leadership, productivity, investment, and more. ABR, towards a profitable Africa.